0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده لا نبي بعده ولا أمة بعد أمته ولا كتاب بعد كتابه ولا شريعة بعد شريعته أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وَاضْرِبْ لَهُمْ مَثَلَ الرَّجُلَيْنِ جَعَلْنَا لِأَحَدِهِمَا جَنَّتَيْنِ مِنْ أَعْنَابِ وَحَفَفْنَاهُمَا بِنَخْلٍ وَجَعَلْنَا بَيْنَهُمَا زَرْعَا وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لكل أمة فتنة وفتنة أمة المال We commence by praising Almighty Allah who through his infinite grace and mercy has blessed us with Iman and Islam. Abundance of salawat and durud be upon our noble master, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who left no stone unturned in seeing to the welfare and well-being of his ummah. We are all aware of the virtues of reciting Suratul Al-Kahf on a Friday, among the virtues, a person will be saved from the fitnas, from the trials and tribulations that will emerge with the coming of Dajjal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant a person noor, and a special light that will last with him for a week and even more. And this noor will shine for him on the day of Qiyamah as well. Scholars of Islam state that these surahs of the Qur'an which we have been advised and instructed by Rasulullah ﷺ to recite, some on a daily basis like Surah Yasin and others on a weekly basis like Surah Al-Kahf, one needs to understand the subject matter and the content and the important message and theme of these surahs, which is why perhaps we are ordered and guided to recite every week as al Kahf. So there are three famous incidents in Suratul Kahf. One is Ashabul Kahf and the men of the cave themselves. And then the incident of Musa alayhi salam and Khadir alayhi salam. And then the incident of Dhul Qarnayn. However, today we wish to share with you with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala another amazing incident that Almighty Allah makes mention of in Surah Al-Kahf and its relevance to our day-to-day life. Every verse of the Qur'an is as fresh as it was the day in which it was revealed. Every verse of the Qur'an is as relevant to our age and era with the challenges we face as it was in the era and glorious period of Islam in which Qur'an was revealed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Kahf instructs Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to share the incident of two brothers, of two people whether they were from the Bani Israel before this ummah, or whether they were from the people of Makkah. And these two brothers, the crux of the incident is, one was totally materialistically inclined, not bothered and concerned about spirituality and religion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala paints an amazing picture Of the material possessions and wealth that Allah granted him. Beautiful lush gardens, date orchards, grape vineyards, cultivation and farms, streams gushing forth, the ideal that one would aspire to have. And besides that, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala vividly explains, وَكَانَ He had other assets and possessions as well. But he made that, his material possessions, the be-all and end-all and the main objective of his life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of this incident in Surah Al-Kahf as a reminder <coughs> for every believer that will recite this surah every Friday that in your life, there will always be this clash between materialism and spirituality. So take cue from what happened, take a lesson to what happened to these two brothers and the dialogue and discussion between them. What is materialism? Materialism, ulama explained, is the tendency to consider material possession and physical comfort as more important than spiritual values. And this is something relevant to every person, every day of his life. Every decision that he is going to make for himself and his family and his future he will be faced with these one of these two roads. So there was this brother which Quran explains had all of these material possessions devoid of spirituality and religion. That when he used to enter this garden of his, then he used to enter arrogantly with pride. <laughs> and he used to say, Ana min kamalan wa walada. There's no one like me, I have it all. I have the most, more than you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when he used to enter His these lush gardens of ease, then he was doing wrong to himself by thinking that that's the object and purpose of my life. With regards to belief, he used to say that I don't think there's anything like qiyamah and akhirat. Things are going so well for me now. This is going to remain forever and ever. I don't think it will come to an end. And hypothetically, because he was a disbeliever, he used to say even if there is something like reckoning, then as I am very, very well established and in an exceptionally good position now, if there happens to be akhirat, hereafter, qiyamah, then there also things will go well for me. It can't go otherwise. So this is how a person who is overwhelmed by materialism generally thinks. His brother, who was a believer and who had less material possessions than him, advised him. And he gave him unique advice. And he said, أَكَفَرْتَ بِالَّذِي خَلَقَكَ مِن تُرَابٍ ثُمَّ min نُطْفَةٍ ثُمَّ سَوَّاكَ rajula. What are you doing? Are you denying the existence of that being who has created you and fashioned you? Ponder over your origin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then gave you a unique complete form. And then he told his brother, I'm not going to do like you. لا أشرك بربي أحدا I will not ascribe any partners to my Allah. And then the important piece of advice he gave his brother, he said, إِذْ دَخَلْتَ جَنَّتَكَ قُلْتَ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهِ لَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بالله. Let me give you some advice. Instead of, whenever you are in the company of your material possessions and you are exposed to this empire, that you have why don't you rather say masha allah la quwwata illa billah nothing nothing of minds. whatever allah wills happens strength belongs to allah my expertise my know how my business acumen is nothing whatever i have achieved in life masha allah la quwwata illa billah imam udar al hijra imam malik rahimahullah had this ins- inscribed and ins- written on the door of his house. MashaAllahu la quwwata illa billah. People asked him why. He recited this verse of the Quran. Why is it not when you enter what Allah has given you, instead of attributing it to yourself, why don't you say, MashaAllahu la quwwata illa billah? Such a powerful and profound Slogan and statement That changes dunya into deen When a person will attribute everything to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And not to himself Nevertheless He advised his brother and told him That don't be complacent And don't forget of your actual object and purpose in life If Allah wants Then Allah can turn the tables And things can change overnight And what you have and what you are proud about can be destroyed in split seconds. And this is a historic lesson in every era that people have learned, undisputed lesson. Conditions change overnight. And he said, today you are boasting and you are proud that you have more than me. The tables can turn. where Everything that you have can be destroyed and Allah can grant me. And that's exactly what happened after a time what we call a natural disaster, afflicted his possessions. And there was no trace left of what he possessed. And then he regretted, but it was too late. So this is the crux of this amazing incident, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of in Suratul kahf which we recite every Friday. In order to remind us, of this important lesson of spirituality versus materialism. What are the harms of materialism? If a person is only inclined to materialism, and that becomes the object and purpose of his life, and nothing more than that, he doesn't see beyond that, he doesn't utilize his Allah-given resources beyond the scope of his materialistic life. Scholars of Islam have listed numerous harms of leading a materialistic life devoid of spirituality, devoid of deen, devoid of understanding one's responsibilities to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Among those harms, number one, a person immediately becomes indifferent to to the dictates of iman and morality. That becomes secondary in a person's life. Yes, if any aspect of Islam and deen and iman conforms to his materialistic ambitions, perhaps he will abide. But no sooner does any aspect of his deen and his iman and morality become an obstacle in furthering his materialistic ambitions It's no issue for him, Allah forbid, to cast deen aside, to cast iman aside, to cast the fundamental principles and concepts of morality and Islamic ethos aside, because he's made that the object and purpose of his life. The second harm, if a person only focuses upon materialism and nothing else, is a person ascribes his success to his own expertise, knowledge and know-how. And Qur'an explains the end result of that with the incident of Qarun. But he said, ma uti ilmin indi." عِنْدِي Don't tell me about paying any dues and don't tell me that the poor also have a right in my wealth and I need to... Sp- Whatever I have achieved is by virtue of my expertise and know-how. Do not come and dictate to me how I should spend my resources. That was the end result. Allah caused him to sunk into the ground. And that will be his punishment till the day of qiyamah, him and his possessions. There were two groups of people that were looking at Qarun and his life. The one group were those whose perspective was in order. They said, liman amana wa amila We're seeing the glitter and glamour. We're seeing Qarun and what he possesses. But the ثواب and reward from the side of Allah, this is much better. And this is something more superior to have, to pin one's hopes on. And then there was another group. They desired, if only we could have what Qarun had until they saw him destroyed, they changed their mindset and they said, "Waika yasha'u wa They regretted their views of the past and they said with great regret, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control of sustenance and provision. For some Allah expands and for some Allah constricts. It's not my expertise and not my know-how. So this is the second harm where a person attributes success to himself and that's the stepping stone for disaster in a person's life. Number three, the third harm of focusing only on materialism, devoid of deen and spirituality, and our responsibilities to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is materialism breeds pride and arrogance, which was the first disobedience that the world witnessed, which was done and perpetrated by shaitan Iblis. Pride and arrogance. Number four, the fourth harm of leading a materialistic life devoid of spirituality is a person forgets his creator Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wala takunu kaladina nasullaha fa ansahum anfusahum says Allah wa ta'ala in the Quran. Do not become like those who have forgotten Allah. The harm of that is Allah will cause you to forget yourself. Commentators of Quran explain, what does it mean that a person will forget himself? He will lose the discernment and the ability to distinguish what is beneficial for him and what is harmful for him. He will utilize his time and resources and rush towards those things in which lie his harm and destruction and move away far from those things in which lies his his benefit and salvation for dunya, qabr and akhirat. Another serious harm of materialism, and and when that becomes an overwhelming concept in a person's life, is that people lose human, human human-like qualities and values and human beings start operating like machines. Devoid and bereft of feelings and emotions, and life becomes mechanical. And when life becomes mechanical, and people conduct and, opera- and people operate like machines, then this comes with its own challenges. Among those challenges is loss of loss of family life, loss of relationships loss of the essence of life itself. And the last harm among many others of leading a materialistic life devoid of ruhaniyyah. And this will be a challenge and a test daily in our lives. And that is why perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of this incident in surah Kahf. Every Friday, our reader of the Qur'an, refresh in this lesson that there is going to be this tug of war and clash between materialism and spirituality. Watch your step. Watch your direction. So among many other harms, the last harm is that a person makes enjoyment in life his object of life. And he gets so engrossed and deeply drowned in enjoyment. That all his resources is spent in gaining more and more enjoyment. And whatever or whoever comes in the way of that enjoyment is cast aside. So much so, that if a son has decided that for me I need to enjoy my life. And that's the object and purpose of my life. And perhaps his parents are aging and they need his khidma and service. But because it's an obstacle in the way of him acquiring the enjoyment that is made an object in his life, to cast his parents aside and to make arrangements for them in an old age home means nothing. Because that's what materialism breeds. That my life I need to enjoy. And he sees nothing beyond that. Nothing more than that. So, these are a few harms of materialism. Solutions and the way forward for us. Quran explains this incident, which highlights it's going to be a challenge and a test in our lives all the time. It was something that our noble Master Rasulullah was very concerned about. On one occasion, in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wealth came in from Bahrain which was going to be distributed among the Muslims. It was the time of Fajr salah Sahaba knew that the spoils of war or the money that is coming from Bahrain will be distributed. Rasulullah sallallahu knew sahaba were expecting the distribution after Salatul Fajr. He turned around and addressed Sahaba. A timeless lesson he explained to Sahaba, which is more relevant for all of us. He said, "Be hopeful and receive the glad tidings you will get. You will all receive your share." But then he said, "لَلْفَقْرَ أَخْشَى عَلَيْكُمْ." Oh my Sahaba and oh my Ummah, I am not as fearful. As far as poverty afflicting my ummah, afflicting you, I am not as fearful for that as I am fearful of what? But I fear the time that will come upon you, when the glitter and glamour will make itself manifest to you as it did to the nations of the past. فَتَنَافِسُوهَا كَمَا تَنَافَسُوهَا. You will start competing and vying with one another in the matters of dunya, in material possessions, as the nations of the past did. فَتُهْلِكَكُمْ كَمَا أَهْلَكَتْهُمْ. This dunya will destroy you as it destroyed the people of the past. Said Rasulullah sallallahu wa sallam. لِكُلِّ أُمَّةٍ فِتْنَةٌ وَفِتْنَةُ أُمَّةِ الْمَالِ Every nation had a peculiar, unique test that they were tested with. What is the unique test of my ummah? Materialism, al in all its forms. Are we passing the test or are we failing the test? Rasulullah sallam on one occasion recited the verses of Qur'an, أَلْهَاكُمُ التَّكَاثُرْ حَتَّى زُرْتُمُ الْمَقَابِرِ that competing and vying with one another in amassing and accumulating the material possessions of this dunya has made you so ghafil and heedless that it preoccupied you until you reached your qabr. And thereafter Rasulullah ﷺ said, يَقُولُ ابْنُ آدَم مَالِي مَالِي وَهَلَّكَ يَبْنَ آدَم مِمْ مَالِكَ إِلَّا مَا أَكَلْتَ فَأَفْنَيْتَ اَوْ, أو That the human being says, My wealth, my wealth, my empire, my possessions. Let me put it in perspective for you, says Rasulullah Your wealth is what you utilize in the form of what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. What you ate and then that's gone. What you wear is going to be worn out. Or what investments you made for akhirat. That is yours. Beyond that, is not yours. So the solution is, Islam is a very practical, not merely a religion, but Islam offers a dynamic and practical way of life and a solution and guidelines. So yes, this challenge will be there between materialism and spirituality. To sum up the solution, we need to become practical embodiments of what? We need to become practical embodiments of رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةً وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَةً وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ oh Allah, grant us the good of this world and grant us the good of akhirat and save us from adab and eternal doom and damnation. That is the solution. That yes, we have to live and we have to earn and we have to support our families. Undoubtedly, it's a necessity of life but not at the expense of forgetting or becoming heedless of our actual object and purpose of life. And that is the intelligent choice that we need to make. And Surah Kahf is teaching us this every Friday, that there were those two brothers in the past, take a lesson. Don't make the same mistake, don't fall in the hole that he fell in. That he made his object and purpose of his life, materialism. And he forgot about deen. He forgot about spirituality. An imbalanced life he was leading. Only fulfilling the needs of the body, forgetting about the soul. That causes an imbalance which brings about restlessness, depression, anxiety and problem after problem. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with these Mubarak months. Rajab is over. Through Allah's grace, we are seeing another Sha'ban, a very blessed month, and inshallah, soon Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all life and good health and strength to witness Ramadan and spend it in a manner that will please Allah. Besides increasing in our ibadat, we need to utilize these auspicious days and nights that we find ourselves in to reflect about the direction of our life. And there's only one of these two choices, a materialistic life or a spiritual life. Intelligent is that man, intelligent is that believer, intelligent is that Ummati of Rasulullah sallam who makes the right choice because we only have one chance to make a choice. There's no second chance. For nearly every other thing there's a second chance. But life itself there's only one chance. So therefore the right choice is that we have to give preference to deen and to spirituality. Perhaps some apparent harm we may seem coming to our dunya. But that also our noble master Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has guided us with regards to the correct perspective when he said, فَآثِرُوا ma يَبْقَى عَلَى مَا يَفْنَى Let your motto of life be, always give preference to that which is permanent over that which is temporary. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us all May Allah grant us the ability to make the right choice. And may Allah grant us the ability that this test that faces everyone on every occasion for himself and his family and his future, that we always give preference to deen and spirituality over materialism. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help and assist the entire ummah throughout the four corners of the globe. Wa da'wana,